Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. So, Emily, I know that you're you're very sick, and I have dragged you out to this country house, to this lavish parlor, to reveal some very important information to you, and that is who our guest is this week. Yes, please, before I die from <laughs> consumption, please tell me who our guest is. First, let me explain at length how I came to this conclusion of... <laughs> Actually, there's there's a very short story, which is that um, our guest, CJ Tor, actually asked to be on the show, which was very nice of him since we had been thinking about it and procrastinating for weeks. But he is uh, he is one of the Jackbox Games gang, makes it sound like it's <laughs> a bunch of scrappy, uh, like, Victorian children, <laughs> which is not accurate. <laughs> I was going to go West Side Story style, like, yeah. street gang, but yeah. I, do, I do appreciate the visual imagery of, like, the Baker Street Irregulars sort yes. of uh, group of ragtag children, <laughs> though they're not children and also not in Victorian England. But I suppose maybe they are ragamuffins. I, I feel like they would be okay with that that identification. Scoundrels, <laughs> but in like a loving way. We will be hearing from all of them on Twitter. <laughs> they don't like it. You know where to find me. But since, uh, since this intro will probably result in one of us being murdered, that's really relevant to this episode since CJ's topic was uh, specifically murder mystery plays, like murder mystery, interactive murder mysteries. Mm -hmm. Murder mystery dinner theater probably is most people's interaction with it. So in the spirit of that that concept of this theme, we have in fact hidden dozens of clues throughout. We have absolutely not done that. Uh, We we do not have the dedication to do that. I killed one person. (laughs) If you find them and you find out how I did it, um, I won't be arrested. Wait, that's not how that works. This is a joke. <laughs> yeah, we need to make it very clear that nothing that we have said up to this point or yeah. will in the future in this podcast is legally binding. This is uh, not admissible in a court of law. I don't want to go to jail for a goofs podcast. Yeah, but before we say anything further that's incriminating in, in any possible way, I think we should uh, let CJ do that instead. <laughs> Well, CJ, thank you so much for like taking this time to to come and talk to with us. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm happy to do it. Yeah, well, and the fact that you volunteered too is, <laughs> is very sweet. Uh, I coincidentally on my podcast network, they they've asked me to do two shows, and I was like, I wonder how many podcasts I can get on that go out in October, <laughs> which is when the game should launch. So basically, like we do our intro and outro separately, so that you don't have to sit through our nonsense. So all we're going to ask you to do at the beginning is if you can just introduce yourself uh, and talk a bit about what you do, either in your job or for fun, and then introduce your topic. All right. Hello, I am CJ Tour. I am a writer with Jackbox Games. I am also the founder of Hitchcock Tales in Chicago, Illinois. I do a lot of improv around the city of Chicago, including performing with Second City Theatricals. And also, I am uh, I play Vincent Melody on the podcast uh, Lakeshore and Limbo. And my topic today that I will be discussing is murder mystery dinners. I'm like so excited about this. <laughs> Me too. I don't mean to like immediately jump into like talking about myself, but like murder mystery dinners are one of those things that I've always wanted to do, but have never had the opportunity to do. Thank you so much for saying that (laughs) because that was going to be my closer and that I have done murder mystery dinners. But what I'm dying for is one of those murder mystery weekends. I've heard about those and they sound so intense. <laughs> yes, the intensity is what I'm looking for. So for people who might not be familiar with the concept of a murder mystery dinner, maybe can you give like a brief summary of what you're talking about when you when you say that? Sure. 
A murder mystery dinner is a theatrical experience where there is a play going on around you while you eat dinner. Or maybe a lunch or a murder mystery brunch. The point is you are enjoying a casserole while actors are doing a crime that you are encouraged to solve. You must decide whether you're going to focus on your salad or the clues. <laughs> yeah, my my only experience with dinner theater of any kind, there was no murder involved because it was uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers for some reason. I'm not really sure why they did that at a dinner theater, to be completely honest. But uh, so is this something that, that you have actually attended or have you participated on the other side? Like, what is what is your sort of history with this concept? All of the above. My love of murder mystery dinners starts as many passions for people my age start with a particular episode of Saved by the Bell. (laughs) There is an episode where Zach and the gang, well, actually it was Lisa who won tickets through a radio competition to a murder mystery weekend, basically at like a bed and breakfast. Why this is a good prize for 17 year olds, I don't know. But (laughs) as a kid, like they do that whole thing where they act out around them and then you have to solve it. The crazy thing about that episode is they pretend like there's a real crime and they frame Zach for it, which once again is a child. But as a kid, I think I was just fascinated by that concept that adults played make-believe. Uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about murder mystery dinners is in my in my life doing theater, in my life of game design, it's about getting people to imagine, to pretend. And murder mystery dinners are LARPing for 50-year-olds. <laughs> If you do your job right as a performer, if you put on a good one, you get somebody so involved with it, they think they are actually questioning suspects and they work very hard to use the clues and stuff you give them to solve it. And I I love that. I love getting adults to play and imagine. So if you're attending a murder mystery dinner, do you actually get to interact with the actors or is it just all like happening and you just have to like piece things together? So I'll talk first as I've attended them. I have gone to both like theatrical playing where a theater puts it on, they give you food, it's catered, it's warm plates, and that's very fun. There's also like you can get like a box murder mystery and you can do it with your friends. I've And I've done both. As a guest, on the other end of it, I have, this is a true story, for my 21st birthday party, I wrote a murder mystery dinner for my friends to do. <laughs> And they came over to my place and we murder mystery dinnered for five hours because I did not drink when I was that age. That's incredible. That is the most amazing thing I've heard all week. But yes, in most productions of murder mystery dinners, the guests are encouraged to at some point ask questions. There's usually some time for them to interact with the actors. And then there'll be like snippets or vignettes or cutscenes for the video game. Ones where they can't participate and they act out a little bit something. If not that, then maybe they may have something at their table. Maybe they have some clues, some paperwork they can do. But yes, it is encouraged that the audience participates. Another thing that got me really curious about it, when I was a kid, like, I knew my parents were adults, and they went to a murder mystery dinner once, which the theme was, like, high school, and they wore costumes as guests. (laughs) My dad was dressed as a nerd, and my mom was dressed as a cheerleader, and, like, they usually wouldn't do costumes for, like, Halloween. This was the first time I saw them wear a costume. And so, like, once again, it just put in my head is, like, murder mystery dinners is a place for adults to play. Yeah, I sort of wonder, like, what do you think it is about 
murder that gives people permission <laughs> to pretend like this? Is there is you think that that genre matters like versus other kinds of uh, opportunities where people could do what's basically LARPing, like a fantasy setting or, or, or something like that? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's one of those things I've thought about a lot of could you do a different types of interactive theater? And it's usually horror. You hear about stuff like Sleep No More or Interactive Haunted Houses. And maybe it's because if you're busy being scared or if it's intense or the stakes are high enough, the silliness kind of goes away. Or that it's something, you know, adults don't run into wizards, but there is murder (laughs) that they have to worry about. It's extreme enough that they don't encounter it every day, but they do know it is real. So maybe it's that's why it's in that sweet spot. But there is other forms of fantasy. There's fantasy football drafts. There's other ways for people to dip their toes into pretending they're doing something they're not. As I said, murder mystery is just my particular favorite. I want to have an intelligent question to follow up with, but right now I'm just thinking about a murder mystery dinner that is fantasy themed. Like, and and now that's all I want in my life. So, oh, I've done it. Oh, really? One of the murder mystery dinners I did in college was not quite fantasy themed, but it was Victorian horror themed. So, like, one of them was a vampire. One of them was already a ghost. One of us was uh was a detective that could speak to the dead, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that's the most, I would say, yeah, metaphysical murder mystery I've done. So when you, these ones you were doing in college, was that something that you were, you were planning and executing? Was this another, you know, like a thing that you were cast in? How, how were you doing those? Okay. So that one was one that I did with my friends. Uh, and then we got like uh, a box set. I was, I'll give you every murder mystery I've been in as fast as I can. In high school, I was cast as like the parks department did a murder mystery dinner with high schoolers playing the parts and then patrons would come and donate money to the park my favorite story from that is i auditioned for this role that they kind of wanted me in and then they they even said like come read for this role and then they cast me in this different role that no one auditioned for and the funny thing about this show is they did not give us the ending because they didn't want us telling anybody until like two days before the performance when they gave us the ending i found out my character didn't fit in at all and that's when I found out they wrote the character for me because they just wanted me in it, but they didn't think I was right for what I had come to read for. Oh, no. <laughs> I had the red herring because of pity. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> and then, in yeah, in college, I would just do once with my friends. But I live in Chicago now. I do theater in Chicago. And one of the first gigs I got was doing, okay, I did a couple murder mysteries. And so this way they can't pin me down one of them was the worst murder mystery in the world the problem with it was it was not very interactive there was time for people to talk to the audience but there was like half an hour vignettes of action that was just too self-involved and not enough engaging enough and then after that i've also done a murder mystery on a cruise ship is it more or less fun on a cruise ship that was the one where it was lunch and this was an improvised murder mystery which i did kind of enjoy because there was script but there was also places for improv And because of that, the attendants, A, had a lot of chance to interact with us because we could make up stuff and talk back. But they did not know what part was scripted and what part was improvised. So it was harder to tell what the clues were. So that was actually kind of fun. But yeah, cruise ship is like prison. (laughs) They love all forms of entertainment because there's not a lot of alternatives. So it's usually pretty good. It's not like they can go see a movie instead. You know, they're kind of stuck. (laughs) Sure. You have a captive audience, pretty much literally. (laughs) Plus, and a lot of the murder mysteries I've done, you do a very specific. So it's a lot of cruise ship jokes, which cruise ship passengers love cruise ship jokes. And that's true of the stand-up shows, the sketch shows, everything. Is there something that differentiates the experiences for you as a performer and as like an attendee and someone who like enjoys these shows? There's... 
I love puzzles and I also love stories. And I think that's where murder mysteries hit the sweet spot. It is that idea of it is it is a narrative that is asking you to engage with it and maybe even get ahead of it, which sometimes I feel narratives want to surprise you or maybe they want to show you something new. And those are all excellent. But it's interesting to have a form where it's saying that maybe you're better than the characters are at this. And that's always been fascinating. I mean, there's lots of, I would, I'd imagine, drama that asks you to be better than a character, maybe morally, or better than a character in some other way, shape, or form. But this one is just puzzling things through. And to me, when it's done well, it's like a magic trick, is that they really did show you everything, but you're still surprised. Does the experience change at all, then, when you're performing it? Because you have the answer to the question already. Yeah, when you're performing, that's why I, I, I love the audience engagement on that part of it. And this is wh- why I kind of pick this topic for your show because this was guilty treasures of like things maybe you feel guilty about liking (laughs) and a lot of performers like murder mystery dinners are the bottom rung some of it is because some of them are terrible i've been in one of those terrible i understand the other is that is some performers do not like audience interaction and some of that is very fair sometimes you may have you know come up performing at comedy clubs with hecklers or drunk people sometimes it's people who who don't respect the craft and they can feel that when they're on stage and i understand that completely but i I really do like a performance where you can really engage with an audience. And I like testing that skill of getting their involvement, but at the same time, not letting anarchy occur. And and once again, I guess that's the same thing as a game designer is you want something that's fun, but you want to kind of keep them on some form of rails. And so what's really fun as an actor in a murder mystery is to do that one-on-one, is that I'm talking with them, I know what clues I can give them, I know what I can't tell them, so I'm on rails, and their questions can go anywhere, and I can kind of guide them to maybe where they want to go. And so it's like a very fun, once again, game of play that I'm doing with another human being. Yeah, that's interesting that you're sort of, to some extent, you're doing game design in real time, but you're also part of the game that people are playing, which must be an interesting perspective. So I feel like the the gimme question here would be like, oh, was there a time when you were performing when somebody got too into it or they got out of line or it was a problem? But I think maybe the more interesting half of the question is, was there anyone where there was a memorable interaction with somebody that they got into it in a good way? I can give you both. (laughs) Okay. Murder mystery, once again, murder, violence, etc. There's always a problem. This goes with any kind of audience participation. You do have to let them know. It's like the haunted house performers. You know, we won't touch you, don't touch us, etc. We were doing a murder mystery dinner and a very old man got into into it. And he popped up holding his wallet like a gun <laughs> and saying like, I like he said something to effective, like I got some questions for you. And he did point it at one of our actors and we had to like, stop everybody cool down. We're not going to hold anyone at gunpoint for answers. <laughs> We're going to keep asking riddles before we waterboard the suspects. (laughs) No, but the other one, which I loved, is I should actually, we also do uh, my company, High Stakes Productions, which does Hitchcocktails. We do private murder mystery dinners for people. They hire us out. And we did one for the University Club of Chicago, which was wonderful. It was very interactive and they all brought their families. And the best part is because we were kind of afraid. We were afraid like, okay, we had to write this for the club members because it's mostly people in their 40s. And then when they, we knew somebody were going to bring kids, but we didn't expect a lot. In this, it was a group of about 50 people in their 40s and then there was a group of about five young women probably age 12 to 15 that group of women got so into it that we had stuff at their tables 
that they could go into. They went through it. But then when we were doing our interviews, they started asking for uh, handwriting samples from all of us to see if they could find out what character created what piece of evidence. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. And it's one of those things of the audience getting ahead of us because we had not anticipated that. So when we, we actually did it the next year and we included uh, a handwriting segment into it as a clue. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it, it's funny. I'm I'm having this like connection of thought right now of like, oh, this is basically like running a and d campaign, <laughs> except you're in a confined space and you're acting or you have other actors. And when you're a DM, it's just you pretending to be five people. But like, it is the exact <laughs> same thing of like trying to put it a little bit on rails so that people know where to go, but then something could completely go off, like off into somewhere you don't expect and how that informs what you do the next time that's super interesting oh i love it <laughs> yeah and it's great and it's like i said it's people who would never play D and don't don't think they would enjoy it but yeah it's another thing i like i like people surprising themselves or when human beings surprise me it's always wonderful and just to give them a, a free place to play and yeah i guess i was just thinking about that it's like what actually does get them involved it is like the clues that they will see a clue that nobody else will and because people are so familiar with murder mysteries, because, you know, there's so many shows about it, you know, whether real life, true crime, or even just like, you know, law and order, like it is a genre of which somebody likes some version of it. And so they know what a murder clue is. And they, I think a lot of people do think I can find one if I interact, if I ask the right questions. It's holding that up for them that gets them to play. But then they kind of lose themselves if you do your job and are really engaging and funny or entertaining or dramatic. Yeah, what kind of responsibility do you have as a performer if someone isn't engaging or if someone is just really digging in and, and just refusing to participate? Like, can you can you deal with that? Do you want to try to deal with that? Or you just sort of stick to the people who are really into it? It really depends on setup usually most murder mystery dinners i've done and i've been to have people at tables and in most cases there is somebody at that table who really wants to engage and there are usually people at the table who are less interested if not outright not wanting to play if you have if it's like the improv murder mystery dinner or you have comedians they're used to dealing with hecklers or that and we may do a little joke back and forth to see if we can't draw them out of their shell nothing too hard we don't want to totally disrespect anyone but because there's usually one person at the table usually watching that person interact with a cast member is enough of a show within itself to amuse the rest of the table like the bigger problem is, you know, you have a real good run with the person on the table and then there's two or three other people at the table who also want to ask questions and you're like, hey, I've got a really good bit going with this person. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly just trying to think about like from a design standpoint, like how you even figure out how to pace something um, so that people get to a conclusion or what you do if if they're getting there too fast or too slow because you obviously know what the solution to the puzzle is but you have to control the speed at which an unknown audience member is going to get there as well and that seems like really challenging like i'm not even sure what question to ask because i don't think i would know how to do that at all this actually leads though to my favorite part of that freaking Saved by the Bell episode and <laughs> the Golden Girls episode and any sitcom where they do a murder mystery dinner is as soon as the murder takes place, one of the characters in the show instantly tries to solve it. And I'm like, there is not a murder mystery that would let a guest stand up and try and solve it within the first five minutes. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you're right. It's po- it's it's possible when I write or create or I'm part of a team making a murder mystery. What I usually like to do is create three or four clues that point you to the answer and then give a silver bullet. That is, if you figure that out, you know the answer. And then, like, in the first couple acts, it is just to flood them with information and then just throughout there, just whittle it down to the good clues. But there is a possibility if you are, you're performing for 50 people, somebody's going to catch that silver bullet instantly. Uh, but that's the beauty of American Mystery Dinner. Rarely does that ruin anything. Because that person is, oh, I think I know what happens. And then they sit there and watch it unfold and see their theory get more and more confirmed as other things drop away. What I really encourage you to do if you are planning to perform a mystery dinner or write one is, yeah, give them a segment. We always give a segment for people to write down and make their guesses and why. And the goal is, I always think, is you want a small percentage to get it exactly right. If you have two people get exactly right, it was too easy. If nobody gets it right, it was too hard. That makes sense because you don't really want like one person early on to figure it out and then Poirot everybody in the last yeah. five minutes. <laughs> like that's why you can even like guide their questioning. Even if you do like the improvised ones I've seen or the improvised ones I've been in where you're like everyone in the crowd feel free to ask a question and then they raise a question you answer in front of everyone. If you're afraid of that person being like didn't you kill them? You say no. You lie. You know like <laughs> everyone up th- everyone up there is going to say no. Yeah. So there really is not much fear of anybody solving. What you don't want to do is like let them speak for a minute and explain why they're making that question so you know you guide the questions you're like all right everybody quickly question all right what is your question yeah you don't want to let, let anyone have the parlor room scene yet <laughs> yeah, if somebody sta- if there's a question somebody stands and is like i gathered you all here today because- <laughs> so how does this then come to its like how do these shows come to their natural conclusion like obviously it is timed out because it is a you know paid experience or people are eating and and there are multiple things happening but like is there a big reveal like how does that is there like some pageantry to that like how does that all work oh yes now this is different for each one usually in all the ones i've seen or been in there is either a detective or one of the characters kind of assumes the role of detective and puts everything together for everyone uh usually this happens right after the audience is allowed to make guesses which will bring me to my third and final point about that saved by the (laughs) bell episode Where the grand prize for getting the answer right was $500. And that is absurd because in that episode, as I stated, Lisa won a radio competition. The whole crew is there for free. And there are like five other guests. So I don't know what tickets were to justify a $500 prize. <laughs> you almost had me excited. I was like, wait, are there prizes? <laughs> there are there are often prizes uh, of some sort, but it's usually like free tickets for another show. Maybe there's a bottle of wine. Maybe there's some, it's just, you know, a nice little thing. There's not like an esports, uh, but for murder, murder <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> I can <Yeah>. join. <laughs> oh, oh, I would love to run a... Uh, uh, a full TwitchCon stadium-sized murder mystery. <laughs> Everyone look under your seats. That's your character. We have to get through all 4,000 of you. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for a whole weekend. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so then I guess my other question is, because you've said you've performed in a lot of these and you've also attended some of these, so have you attended some now that you've really gotten into performing in them? And has that changed how you, like, are an attendee and, like, are an audience member? Like, because you've really been deep into, like, the world of, like, building 
building these experiences. Yeah, I kind of attend murder mysteries if I go or if somebody's doing like a box at a house or something. The same way I attend improv shows as an improviser in that I just kind of blend into the audience. I act the way I would want an audience member to act. Uh, and murder mysteries, I'm having a little bit more. I mean, I enjoy an improv show in Chicago. There's tons of great ones. And but at murder mystery dinner, you know, I'm having fun solving it, but I'm acting what they do. And I will look for like, oh, I, at this point, I would like an audience member to ask this or like get this kind of question. I especially I've seen it once where they were really veering into a sexual window with a particular female character. So I actually I don't often ask questions because I'm a performer, but I did ask a question just to steer away from that. And so it's just that it's just like, once again, if you're if you're attending some it's any I think profession you go, if you're on the other side of it, you kind of know what it is to be a good customer or a good patron or a good player. And with my mystery dinner, like I said, there's so much going on. It's usually pretty easy for me to just act like an audience member because if it's a good mystery, I really am engaged and I'm looking at the stuff on my table or I'm relishing my chance to ask questions of an actor. And if you had a thought, please go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking. I'm. I'm not sure. I think. I think I might have gotten distracted partway through. Still thinking about how you would do a murder mystery with like everyone at a convention and whether or not that would be possible. <laughs> I think it might be. I've done. I've done enough uh, alternate reality games to think that that might be feasible. <laughs> it would be kind listen of messy, but I do a lot of special murder mysteries. I will gladly plan a murder mystery for your entire convention. <laughs> if you invite me, I may do it without your permission, and then clues will just start popping up, and you'll regret. Invited me. <laughs> Who needs to submit a panel? Just do it. There has to be a Guinness World Record or something for that. Most participants in a murder mystery. If Jackbox is ever foolish enough to let me do one of the panels again, I'll just take the microphone and like, I'm afraid we won't be previewing that tonight for... <laughs> This is now the only thing I want. I'm getting uninvited from so many conventions as you speak. <laughs> but no, I wanted to ask because uh, you had mentioned those like the sort of next level of murder mystery dinner is those like murder mystery weekend events yes. that happen. Are there ways that you want to like get deeper into it or like elevate your involvement with this performance? Yeah. For one thing, I have never been invited to one that my parents were where they asked the guests to wear costumes. That's strike one of one I want to go to. Two, uh, yeah, something overnight, uh, like at a bed and breakfast. I know do it. I've heard that there's like castles to do it. I live in Chicago, Illinois. If anybody listening to this has a recommendation around the state of Illinois for a good bed and breakfast murder mystery, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, just the idea that you can sit and puzzle over it for hours in between. Because like, yeah, if it's a full dinner, it's usually on rails and they're usually moving you from beat to beat. I, I, I love the idea of seeing a scene and it's like, no, go enjoy the duck pond. And as you throw bread to the mallards, contemplate why was the colonel in the study at that time? This is making me real that I do really want one of these on a train. Like, I just, like, yeah, let's go yeah. full Murder on the Orient, Orient Express with oh, this. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah I, I think, I don't know, I tweeted about this, like, ages ago, um, at one point when I was writing Amtrak, like, I don't understand why this is not a thing that you can do, like, on a regular basis. It seems like uh, it's the perfect solution to encouraging people to take the train. <laughs> uh, this, first of all, there is a King of the Hill episode with a murder mystery on a train. I just want to bring out, I know all the sitcom murder mystery episodes. <laughs> Uh, no, and I want to, if I can, put my dad on blast real fast. <laughs> Absolutely. My parents live in Phoenix, Arizona, and they have around that area, like a train that goes up into the mountains and it goes into like a historical town. And on the train, they have like actors. It's not a murder mystery, but they do engage with you and they pretend to be people from long ago. My parents were on the train 
uh, this woman walks in and she's like kind of dressed in white. And so it's kind of like ghostly. And she says something to the effect of like, when I was five, daddy opened this railroad back in 1893 or whatever. And she talks for a little while. And then my dad turns to my mom and says like, this lady's insane. She had to be like 120 years old. And my mom said she stared at him for a good 30 seconds trying to figure out if he was kidding. Because if he didn't think she was a character, he thought that a woman just wandered onto the <laughs> yeah. middle of a train car and started giving her life story dressed in Victorian garb. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I have been in situations where people do unprompted give me their life story in costume. So that's fair. not totally out of the realm, but a train is a very specific, <laughs> you know, location for that. Which that one makes me want is like, man, I would love for a murder mystery to crop up around me. Yes. <laughs> when, when I was not aware one was happening. Yeah, that does seem like it would it would add uh, an an element of excitement if you if you didn't know. Although it does seem like there'd be some concern that there might be at least a few people who thought that someone was actually dead. So yeah. I guess it would be difficult to manage. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have the 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 safari hunter in the pit helmet enter real quick. <laughs> to, to give some some clue that this is artifice yeah <laughs> yeah so you like we've talked about it a little bit and you've mentioned that you're also like a game designer and you've clearly stated that this has been very related or very influential but like how has performing in these in these murder mystery dinners and also like planning them informed that part of your life as well i am relatively new to game design i'm a writer for jackbox games so i started doing trivia questions for you don't know jack and then from there yeah then it went to the idea of like writing prompts for some stuff so it's the idea of like, yeah, you're you're looking to elicit something from an audience. And for most Jackbox games, it's like what prompt is most open ended. And it, but it is that that line between we're guiding them insofar as we want something funny or something that can rhyme or something that serves some purpose for the game, but also has a, a wide arena of possible responses. And then the other thing is with this pack, uh, a game we're very excited about, this was the first one where I got to be part of a design team for a game. And that game is Push the Button. And that's one of those subdefuge games, hidden identity games. It has a small element of role playing because some of you are pretending to be one thing and others of you are pretending to be another thing. And we are kind of guiding like, oh, once again, we're creating a mystery and we, we are getting types of clues to react. And we're also like coaching people on how to hide. It, it is it did. You know, some of that did come into the idea of murder mystery or, you know, you know, games like Mafia and Werewolf I played before. And that idea of, you know, you're playing make believe, especially if you're playing a game like Mafia or Werewolf, where, you know, we ask you to play a part. In ours, we have a, a space theme and it's aliens, astronauts. And this was actually, and I should say, like, once again, I was just part of the design team. This is by no means my game. It, it's actually been worked on for a very long time at Jackbox and tons of great people worked on it. My job in the design process was to do the practice prompts to see well, which ones give clues without giving away too much. And so, yeah, it was right there. You know, yeah, it was good. I, I, I know how people guess in some circumstance, or at least I've seen it before how people guess. And of course, as game, we, we, we we game test and we we bring in audiences to try it and see how they play. And yeah, we were actually very happy that this has gotten to where we want people to be, uh, like a good murder mystery, is we got the audience to do what they want. And so far, it's been horribly screaming at each other by the <laughs> yeah. end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither of us have played this game yet because it, it isn't out yet, but we have watched enough people play it to get that, that idea. <laughs> Do people get very competitive at murder mystery dinners or like... They absolutely can. I love wild guesses. <laughs> I, I can't tell you... I said that thing of like, we feel like somebody's actually solving it. We won't let them talk too much in those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But if you are wrong, we will just let you go. 
<laughs> and it is it has been things like, well, you mentioned that you were in Egypt, and I am familiar with hieroglyphics, and I think that stain on your shirt looks a little bit like an eye, so maybe you were into like there's stuff like that. People go full bore theories in good ones if you if you can get them really engaged. I, I just realized another thing it is is it can be kind of like wrestling. And the fun thing about murder mystery is you're all kind of playing heel because one of you is a murderer. And so it's the idea of like you want in the end for everybody to think you're all capable of murder. You're all kind of bad. I've seen many a time this has happened to me where people want me to be guilty. <laughs> I have I have rubbed them the wrong way and they'll be like him. <laughs> but it's also because I'm a lanky man with the face of a vampire, so I often play villain. So I assume the reverse has not happened that you were actually the murderer in one of these and and people didn't want to believe that it was you. Yeah, I guess I can spoil it. Throughout the cruise, I was the murderer the entire time. Uh, <laughs> and they usually got me. <laughs> but that's pretty intimate cast. It was, so yeah, that's, see, that's a good example, because that was, in the end, there was only three suspects in that show, because it was more improv, more comedy. And so, basically, you had a one in three chance of guessing it right. And so, we considered it actually a success when I got the least amount of votes. Because we kind of knew, it's so improvised, that people would get me regardless, that we could kind of go ahead and throw them off the scent. Yeah, I'm curious, I, I don't know how easy this will be to explain, but can you talk a little bit about the difference between having a mystery like this that's fully scripted and one that's improvised? Like, how, how much do you come how much information do you or structure do you come into it with and how much do you actually improvise it's rare i can't think of it i cannot think of a murder mystery that does not have zero improv i'll leave a lot of names out of this one just to make sure i don't get in trouble i have a friend who directs murder mysteries for cruise lines which i will not name him or what cruise lines but they have a script and what they do is they just bring the dancers in to do the murder mystery so he has to teach them improv and once again, d- dancers. A lot of them come from theater, so some of them yeah, are great actors. Sure. Some of it take to duck. Some of it take take to it fantastically. And some of them are dancers, <laughs> and they are athletic, and they are not one for talking. Right. <laughs> uh, and like it, you know, it takes all kinds. So it's like that. But yeah, if you're not doing a murder mystery that does not at some point have back and forth with the audience then you're basically just doing an Agatha Christie play. You know what I'm saying? You're doing dinner theater, you're doing Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, you're doing a performance or watching it, there's not a lot of back and forth. I would think the only interactive part you could do is maybe you could let the audience write in their answer and etc. So like the one I did on the cruise ship, that was heavily improvised. We had an outline. And basically what that was is you have the first seven lines of the scene. And then from there, you improvise it, go off audience suggestions, get an audience question, play an improv game in the middle of it to gather evidence, etc, etc. And then other ones, as I said, the vignettes are completely scripted. You do a 10 minute little act, then the actors are encouraged to walk among the audience, and they can ask what they want. The actors know the ending, they know what they can say, they know what they can say. Besides that, they can improv whatever they want. And uh, the one I do that with now, we're all improvisers together in shows. We can read each other. We trust each other not to give it away. We trust each other to keep the- leading them on very well. And also, they want to be entertained. That way, you make jokes, and you can slip in a clue, and they'll miss it. And then at the end, it's like, oh, that was a clue. <laughs> I'm an hour and a half away from doing murder on stage as we speak. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, we kind of joked about it briefly about, like, the convention, you know, murder mystery sort of scenario. But do you have, like, a dream production you'd like to do in this format? I've gotten to do a lot of fun ones, and I've been lucky in that regard. What I would love to do <laughs> is figure out, probably, like, throughout November, wherever they make, like, a haunted house, just keep it open for another month and run murder mystery dinners to keep the production element in it. 
And so, like, to have a space where they can walk around and find... Kind of, like, put a little more escape room to it so that they can find clues in rooms. Yeah, just a bigger space is what would be ideal, I think. And just, like, you know... Yeah, just have like a full mansion or whatever that I can seed people throughout. That way, instead of going to individual tables to have conversations with them, you can have them in completely different rooms. And then you, you have to kind of seek out people you want to talk to. You can then, a group can find somebody dead in a room. Stuff like that. Man, now all I want to do is like go to one of these. <laughs> and I'm so... <laughs> Once again, they do do that. I do want to encourage because like I, I think a lot of this I've been talking about me putting on murder mysteries. And people can put on murder mysteries. Once again, they sell kits for you to do them. It's very fun. It's very fun for me, a man in his 30s who's done getting very drunk at parties and forgetting things and wants like a pleasant party yes that's very fun. Uh, I do want to encourage you to do that. And I do want to encourage you that like bed and breakfast will do these and local theaters will do these. And the key I, I would encourage you is to go all in wanting to be entertained, wanting to solve the mystery. And I think they can be incredibly fun. Yeah, well, it's funny. You kind of jumped. Uh, typically, we ask people like, how would you elevator pitch like your thing? And you've kind of answered that already, <laughs> which is fine, which is great. <laughs> but I don't know if I have any other a- another question to ask now. Um. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, honestly, the gateway drug to LARPing is the best way I'll do it. Very good. Yeah, I think I, I maybe have a follow-up question that's sort of in the same vein, but a little bit different. Well, it's hard to narrow these things down, but do, do you think that maybe there's one thing that you've taken away from these as an attendee as and as a performer that's been useful in the rest of your life like either just for yourself personally in your in your job both what whatever you want to go with yeah and, and i think i'll go to it to that uh the idea of like why people like look down on murder mysteries or whatnot i think because this is a type of performance that i got into as a fan that i know no matter how bad this show is or if i don't like it or i'm not feeling good that night like it there is some 12-year-old kid who just saw this on TV and is dying to do it in real life. And they don't care that this is not the best script you've ever been in, or they don't care that you're not really excited to do this because they're so excited that it's everybody's first time doing seeing this show or first time with this experience. And I think I take that with every one of my performances. Yeah, like I'm an improviser in Chicago. I have to do 11 o'clock shows for drunk audiences, but somebody there's not on a first date. And like the better the show goes, the the warmer their feelings on it will be. And you know, like, and it's it, it's stuff like that. It's it's when you come to something as a fan first and you get to do it, I hope nobody ever loses the appreciation for how important this stupid thing is for somebody. No, it, it's definitely that thing of like, everything is important because someone has probably, do, someone there has decided it's important. Yeah. So like, if you just treat that like with everything, that's a really great way to approach life for the most part. <laughs> and, and good things are good. Yeah, like that yeah. That's one of my life philosophies is like, if you're in a bad show, but your performance is good, it's good. Or if you, you're enjoying yourself, that's joy. It doesn't matter, you know, what that is. It's that idea of, yeah, if, I, if I'm if i watching a, a bad murder mystery, I'm like, well, I'm appreciating how hard this person is trying, or this is actually a good plot twist, or, like, you can still find the good in it. And, like, with murder mystery, like, yeah, if they're doing their job right, it's like, maybe the script isn't good, but the audience interaction is. Maybe the audience interaction isn't good, but the stuff at the table is a very clever riddle. There's so much there. You can find the good in it. I love that. No, that's, like, such a good, like, feeling and conclusion. <laughs> I know I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and that's how we'll wrap up our story of murder. <laughs> Order! <laughs>
<laughs> I do have to ask Anne, uh, typically you have some wild hypothetical. Yeah, I feel like we, we've already covered some wild hypotheticals in this one. But um, I guess my question is, do you think that you have learned anything from doing murder mysteries as a participant or a performer that would make you any good at solving an actual murder? And we're going to assume it's not modern times. We're going to it's just borrow it, like assume that it's it's that kind of murder where it's more fun instead of like an actual person is dead. <laughs> OK, I'm, yeah, somebody's not dead outside my apartment and yeah. The police come to me like, any ideas? <laughs> yeah. uh, gosh, I got to say no. Because I think I've gotten very good at the convention, the Agatha Christie conventions of murder mystery, which I'm sure do not pan out in real life. I think what, I, what the only reason I'd be good at it is because they use what real police do and subvert it. And I'd be like, no, let's just do that first guess thing. <laughs> That's probably what the real one is. <laughs> Well, CJ, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I've listened to your show several times. And I, I want you to know that because I did that, I had to turn down a couple ideas I had because somebody had already done it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait, now we need to know which ideas they were. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. I was seconds away from saying Superman because recently Superman's been my favorite topic of drunken conversation. <laughs> And also because my wife just saw the Christopher Reeves movie and now thinks Superman is sexy. <laughs> that does tend to be most people's uh, eye awakening moment <laughs> is that movie. Well, I think we're both very glad you you brought this topic on. I think it was a very um, intriguing conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. And I hope that someday this conversation will be used in a court of law against. Yeah. <laughs> this is for legal purposes. Every talk <laughs> about murder in this uh, podcast was a joke. <laughs> now, Mr. Tool, you say you are have no idea how your fingerprints got on the knife but i listened to a conversation that said you probably have many ideas how your fingerprints got on the knife cj where can people find you uh online uh what would you like to plug uh, this is your space so please feel free to use it cool you can find me uh at cj tour on twitter c j t u o r um coming up in october I'll be performing in Chicago at Hitchcock Tales every Friday night at 10 o'clock at the Annoying Theater. And coming out uh, this fall is Jackbox Party Pack 6, which includes Push the Button and other games that I worked on. Uh, but once again, tons of people work on these, and it's a fantastic party pack. I really, really love this one, which also has Trivia Murder Party in it, which uh, leads into this. And besides that, yeah, just send me those recommendations for overnight murder mystery bed and breakfast. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I'm sorry. I can't believe I forgot this. You can also hear me online at Lakeshore and Limbo. I'm sorry, James. I'm sorry. I forgot to promote that. I have to get better at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where I play a detective. It was a natural segue oh, and I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, I was going to circle us back to it and then I forgot because I think I got distracted thinking about that. Uh, didn't Justin McElroy did one of those weekend murder mysteries in a castle? Yes, yes it's yeah. in Ohio. I heard that on an episode and he said it. What I didn't get from it, I, I, it's been forever since I heard it. Of how good it was. I think it was good because I think he went back with somebody else. I think they went Ooh. back. Okay, because that's the one where they did like the dance or something, yeah. and I thought I didn't know if he was making fun of it or if he enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> any of the Baccarat brothers gets me with your recommendation for murder. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or invite us to a spooky castle where a murder definitely won't happen. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And as this episode is coming out on Emily's birthday, that means you are legally obligated to do so. And I cannot be responsible for the consequences if you don't. (laughs) And if you like the show, you can also tell a friend or design an elaborate murder mystery just to dramatically reveal to all your friends how much you love the show until next time let the dragon in your heart be happy